This episode is brought to you by Krishna Nos. Good morning. So we are doing the Uddhav Gita. Yesterday we did only one verse. <laughs> so today we are going to do verse 14 onwards from chapter 17. We are doing Uddhav Gita, the last message of Sri Krishna. The dialogue between Sri Krishna and Uddhava. Chapter 17, verse 14 onwards. Purusha, Prakriti, Mahat, Egoism, Ether, Air, Fire, Water and Earth. These are the nine categories enumerated by me. So Sri Krishna is telling Uddhava, if you recollect, in the last many satsangs, we were discussing about how many categories are there. There were the three gunas that came out of Prakriti and there were other things that came out of it, the elements. But Uddhava asked the question, everybody comes up with their own numbers. Some people say there are three, some people say there are five, seven, ten, any number that is enumerated. In some of the religions of this world, they go right up to 96. So everybody thinks that there are so many categories. So what is it that Krishna says? So the question which Uddhava asked is, what do you have to say about it? Because the Lord himself will tell us the answer. So now Krishna is giving this answer. He says, according to me. Please understand, in most of the texts, whether it is the Bhagavad Gita, Uddhava Gita, Bhagavatam, or any other text which is there, there is a very clear demarcation where the Lord himself says certain words and then he says the others say. So here in this verse he says Purusha, Prakriti, Mahat, Egoism, Ether, Air, Fire, Water and Earth. These are the nine categories enumerated by me. So I am saying that there are nine categories in total. So you can start from there. <laughs> so it is something which he is recommending and he says according to me. So what are these? Purusha, the consciousness level. Basically, we are talking about the Purusha and the Prakriti. Prakriti is mother nature, right? Mahat is a third word which has come. This is nothing but a Tattva, hmm? a kind of a substance or an energy or something which is coming out of something. It means from something which doesn't have entity, that it doesn't have a tangible existence to something which is called tangible existence. From nothing comes something, like we say these words, isn't it? So that is the Tattva. It's a Mahat. Mahat Tattva. Hmm? Then we have Ego. Naturally, ego means identifying. 
I identify myself. I identify myself and I can say my name. You can say your name. Any object that is there, this is the phone. This is my glasses. This is my hair. We say it's an identifier. It talks about the ego. The moment you say this is my property, you're establishing something over there which says I. Connected to the I, me, myself. That egoism is there in literally everything in this world. Hmm? The fire god will say, it is because of me everything burns. Isn't that true? <laughs> the air will say, it's because of me you are breathing. Air says so. Hmm? But does the air actually say? This is for you to understand. It's an understanding where identification happens with certain things, objects, activities, whatsoever. So, in the human nature, people identify themselves and they say, I did this. What did you do? I did this. When it is a good stuff, then people identify themselves. I gave you money. I gave you water. Yes. But when they don't want to be identified, that happens. I don't know anything about it. I never did anything. See, this is called denial. Even in the denial, there is an acceptance of ego. It is saying, I didn't do. <laughs> Still, the ego is very much there. There is a bloated ego and there is a deflated ego, both kinds of egos. So that is one of the aspects which Krishna says is there in this nine things. Then ether, air, fire, water and earth. These are the elements. I think we have already done these elements enough number of times. So you should know. These are basically the elements from which everything sprung up. These are the nine categories enumerated by me. So Krishna says, these are the nine things which I am talking about. Right. So we will move to the next verse. Yeah, today they are going slightly faster. Of course, not like yesterday where we were stuck up at half the verse itself. Alright. Because that was important. Now it is enumeration. One, two, three, four, like that. So we will go slightly faster. So we are doing chapter 17 from the Uddhav Gita. This is verse 15. He says, my friend, that is Krishna says, my friend, the ear, skin, eye, nose and palate are the five organs of knowledge. The tongue, hand, leg, etc. are the organs of action and the mind is both. So now 11 categories are there. How many are there? 11. So in that what are they? The ear. For the purpose of hearing, of course, correct? Then we have the skin, touch, eye, see, nose, smell, and palate, taste. Right? So these are the five organs. Now these are called organs of knowledge. They give you knowledge about something, some object, or some matter in this world. So if I have to taste something, 
my palate will say, hmm, it's good. It's a very nice taste. And sometimes you say, oh, it's so horrible, you know. Uh, so, taste. Smell. You smell objects, isn't it? Ah, nice perfume. Oh, that truck has gone, no? The, the truck which is carrying the dirt is gone. Trash. Okay, that gives you bad smell. Now, with your eyes, you see the sunlight and you see darkness also. So, various kinds of objects you see because of the light, right? So, is it telling you certain things about the object? Yes, of course. So, it is giving you some knowledge. Here, you can hear things. Now, a person hears things with his ear. But suppose a person is born deaf, blind, then what happens? Can the person identify anything? Suppose he is blind, a person who is blind. And if you tell the person, this is a beautiful rose, yellow in color. Can he say, is it yellow in color? No. There is no knowledge there. Did you get it? He cannot say whether it is yellow, red, pink. He can touch it. He can say it's a flower. What is the color of the flower? He cannot identify. Whether it is yellow, red, blue, cannot be identified. What flower it is? Again, he cannot say. Can he say when he is going to fall down? No. Can he say that he is walking, he is walking so much, so many steps? No. Unless and until he is counting with his mind. We have introduced another character over here. Mind. <laughs> we will come to the mind later on. So, what happens? A person who is blind cannot see objects. The person has no idea about light, color, the things that are there around him, cannot identify them. But he does it by means of another thing. And that is called mind. With the use of his mind, he can visualize an object in his mind. Right? So if the person is blind, yet he can visualize the object in his mind. Create the object in his mind. So a blind person can definitely see with his mind things which are there and which are not there also. So his imagination works over there. Right? Now, hearing. A person is deaf, cannot hear anything. So when there is a deaf person in front of you, you can shout, you can, you can do whatever you want to. That person will not understand what you are saying. But when you are facing that person, that person is trying to lip read you. you know? Read my lips like that. The person is trying to lip read you. But is the person understanding what you are saying? No. Again another entity comes into the picture. Mind. Person may be totally deaf. 
may have just 1% or 2% hearing and is, you know, deaf. That person's mind is overactive. Right? Overactive to what extent? The deaf and the blind, their minds are overactive. Whatever they can't hear, they visualize in their mind. They can hear their mind talking loudly than their ear. Got it? So they can understand certain things. But if they are blind and deaf, then there is a very big problem. See, blind people use braille. Braille is a type of, you know, those dots which are there on the paper, which they can read. Deaf people? No. <laughs> they have no way of knowing as of now. Unless and until they go for a surgery where they stick some rods over here, you know, on their skull and they can stimulate the organ. The stimulation inside. Maybe they can hear them. But it is possible. But sometimes it is not possible. So which organ works? The 11th one. 11th. Remember. The 11th organ of theirs works. It is called mind. So you got to be very careful how you speak to a blind person and you have to be extremely careful how you speak to a deaf person. Be very careful because whatever you say or tell them doesn't have any clue. They don't have any clue because they are trying to understand you with their mind. This is a very important thing. You should remember this always. Right. Then skin. By the touch and the feel, you can understand. When a person has leprosy, leprosy is a deadly disease, isn't it? Where the body's parts fall off. You've seen lepers without their fingers and all that. They don't even know that that, that particular part of their body has fallen off. Leprosy is such a disease where there is no idea that something has fallen off from your body. You may lose a finger and yet you will not know. Because the sense of touch is lost in them. Got it? So skin is connected to sense of touch. Then we have the nose. Smelling. Yes. Some people can't smell. Can they understand? If something is burning, do they understand? No. The people, those who are having a problem with smell, can they be kept in the kitchen? No, because they won't be able to make out, no, the smell. So there is a problem there. <laughs> so again, mind works. But they cannot identify with the mind whether the smell is there or not there. But what they do is, if a person doesn't have the sense of smell, 
they have enhanced these two other. Hmm? Now, then we come to what is called as the palate. Palate are two kinds. One is called the hard palate and one is the soft palate. Both these house inside out or buccal cavity. This is called the buccal cavity. Inside the buccal cavity, we have the sense of taste. From the tip of the tongue to the back of the tongue, different taste buds are there. They identify the taste. So some people, when they take a sip, they identify it. Some people have enhanced, enhanced sense of taste. Do you know that? The tea tasters, the wine tasters, those who taste the cheese. I'm sure you know about this. Every cheese is made from literally the same ingredient. Every wine is made from literally the same ingredient. Think about it. But how do they make out the difference? The tea tasters. How do they know the difference between different different kinds of teas? So they taste the tea. They take a sip. They will run the entire liquid right round their mouth. So every portion of the buccal cavity gets an understanding of the subject. Right? It knows who is more prominent. The people who smell, isn't it? So there are people who have these glands which are overacting properly reacting properly so they are used by the perfumery industry right this is by the food industry so any person who is connected to the food industry will tell you he has a good sense of taste again how many of you have developed these different tastes <laughs> many people don't even know the taste of things People love to make a hodgepodge of things, you know. They love to mix so many things. A very good a master cook, a master chef will never mix ingredients. Otherwise, there is going to be a hodgepodge of taste. See, India is known for spices, isn't it? I'm sure you know this. India is known for spices right from olden times. We love putting spice in everything. Look at Europeans or Americans. They have little spices. They can put one little cinnamon stick. One little cardamom. That's it. But in our case, we will put 26 ingredients at one time. And they will call it masala. <laughs> so if you go to different parts of India, you will get totally different masalas. It's a mixture of spices. Too many of them. There are spices which people have not even heard of. Like say for example, pepper. Now pepper is a spice. It's a hot spice, isn't it? Now, those who know the Sichuan food, you know, Sichuan, you, I'm sure you have heard of the red, red color rice that you see. <laughs> or the red color of that thing. In India, they it's an Indian thing. Okay. 
so they put in that which something which is called the Sichuan peppers. It is not the same pepper that you eat. It's not the Kerala type of pepper. This is completely different pepper. So that is what gives a different taste. Okay. There are five ingredients. They are called five spices in China. So if you go and buy five spices, you know, there is a mixture of those five spices which you can get. Their taste buds are different. They taste different. Indian Chinese, totally different. <laughs> we love to put a lot of other stuff in it because we have too many spices, no? So put everything in it. Hmm. So this is connected to the sense of taste. So every portion of the inside of our mouth gives a taste. Now, there is a variation in the taste from very low to very high. So you will find that if you know tea, you know the tea that you drink, why is it that there is a tea which is very, very expensive? Like the Darjeeling tea. Have you ever thought of it? Why is Darjeeling tea so expensive? There are very few gardens there. Alright? Remember this. When the Chinese brought the tea to India. The Chinese travellers brought the tea to India. Okay? They came through that particular passage. So Darjeeling is a place which has got some of the world's best tea. Alright? Now this tea is different kind of tea. It's a very very expensive. It is because of a certain soil. The soil which is there gives a different kind of a tea. It's a very expensive tea in the world. Sometimes the tea is sold for as high as 76 or 80,000 rupees a kilo. You will wonder, oh my god, so expensive. Of course. Now, that is the reason. Then we have a South Indian tea, which is the Nilgiris and all those places. Then we have the Assam tea. That is different. So, every tea will give a different taste. Huh? Now, in different parts of the world, they use different kinds of tastes. So, the English breakfast tea is different. Because their palate is made for that purpose. So, did you get the point? The palate is one of the organs which gives a certain kind of taste. Depending on what you want. Alright, so at every place in the world, tea is there even in Sri Lanka. You know that. Various other places are there. Like in Thailand, in the Philippines. Other places of the world also they grow tea. Not that they don't grow tea. Tea is different, right? Likewise, coffee. Likewise other beverages. The difference in the taste. Now, those who understand liquor, why is scotch liquor so expensive? You can make the same over here also. Did anybody say you can't make that? It is the same stuff. Ingredients can be made from the local ingredients also. But why is it important? It is because of geographical location. Every wine in this world cannot be called a champagne. Do you know this? Every white wine in this world cannot be called the champagne. There is the California, 
where they make so many different white wines. But does it mean that that wine is good? Not necessarily. The soil from there gives a different taste in the wine. But which is champagne then? Champagne is the one in the district, in a particular district, under a particular place. Whatever comes out of it has got its geographical significance. And that can be called as a champagne. Did you get the point? It's the same thing with silk also. It's a geographical location which has got more prominence. The topmost location in India for silk is Mysore. How many of you know that? So Mysore silk is one of the best silks in India. How many of you know this? So did you understand specific to the place, the location also? This was just a tidbit information. So we were talking about the taste buds. Alright. They are connected to the palate. Now these are called knowledge based. What are they? They are the categories connected to knowledge. And in this 10 minutes have I not given you so much of knowledge about different different things? See. So this way you understand. Now we come to the organs of action. What are the organs of action? You can see me moving my hands, you know. They go up and down all the time. Yes, that is called the organ of action. I am doing something. I am pointing out. I am lifting things. I am taking the pencil in my hand. Grasping. So we have motion, speech. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, where did we go? These are the organs of action and the mind is both. I just jumped to the next verse. Sorry for that. So, these five things which we have just now covered are called the different kinds of categories which Krishna is describing to Uddhava. In that, the sixth one was mind. Now, we will add the mind to the next one also. So, we are moving to the next verse which is oh sorry i think it is right all right all right it is over here only the tongue hand leg etc are organs of action so we have five organs of action what are the five organs of action hands legs tongue <laughs> tongue is come again that we just mentioned their palate. Huh? Here we are going to mention tongue. It's okay. It's an organ of action. Right? Then we have the evacuation organ. Okay? And then we have the reproductive organ. Alright? So this is there. So we have total five organs of action. Right? Each organ does different kind of a job. Hands. Grasping motion. Holding, pointing, these are the things connected to the hands, to the legs. Walking, running, sitting, all those things connected to the legs. Then we take up the organ of evacuation. All the dirt from our body is evacuated outside. Alright? It's thrown out of the body. The anus as we call it. It is throwing out all the dirty stuff. Right? 
right? Then we have the organ of reproduction, which is basically the organ which is there in front. So normally that is connected to all, it is also connected to two things, isn't it? One is reproduction, right? And the second one is for throwing out the dirt from your body. Both these actions it is doing. So this is the work that it does. I am not going to elaborate more than this. Then we have the last organ which is the tenth one. <laughs> the tongue. Do you know it is one of the most dangerous organs in the entire body? Huh? Hands. They can murder and kill. Huh? <laughs> Legs. You can kick somebody. The organ of evacuation can be used for wrong purposes. The reproduction organ, you, you know how bad it can be. But the worst among these five organs of action is the tongue. Why is the tongue the worst? Because tongue doesn't have any control. There is no control over the tongue. We can just speak whatever we want to and destroy an atmosphere. We can say something wrong. Suppose there is a person and you look at that person, ugly looking person, finished. The story is over. You have made an enemy over there. The same tongue can be used for something better. Your food is very tasty. Aha! Uh -huh. We said these words. The food is very tasty. The person is a friend forever. So whatever you do with your tongue, you can create or destroy objects just with that tongue. But the tongue cannot act on its own. Like the hands cannot act on its own, the legs cannot act on its own, the anus cannot act on its own and the sexual organ cannot act on its own without the eleventh one. The eleventh one is called mind. Without your mind, your hand is not going to move. Without your mind, your leg is not going to move. Without your mind, your anus is not going to do its actions. Without your mind, you cannot perform organ, the sexual organ, anything. Similarly with your tongue. It is because of the mind, your tongue is going to give out a lot of venom or good stuff in this world. So what is it that actually controls all this? All this we are talking about, this whole gamut of 11 things. Do you know all these are called Indriyas? Indriya. Jnanendriya. Karmendriya. Jnana. Knowledge based. Karma. Activity based. So Jnanendriyas and Karmendriyas. These are 10 number. And the master of it all is the mind. He is called the Indradev. The god of everything. He is the king of these things. He is the king of everything. All these Indriyas. See the term itself will tell you, no? Indriya. The wife of Indra. 
So who is the boss of the Indra is who? The mind. He is the dicey fellow who tells you all the stuff to do. What whether you have to do the good stuff or the bad stuff. So whether you want to go into the ditch or whether you want to rise up in life, everything is done because of the Indra, the mind. So I hope you got the answer. So now we will go to the next one. So we are doing chapter 17 from the Uddhava Gita verse 16 now. Sound, touch, taste, smell and color are the five sense objects. Motion, speech, excretion, manual art are but the effect of the organs of action. We are introducing another subject over here. One is the cause and one is the effect. So cause and the effect has now just suddenly jumped into the picture. So with this Jnanyandriya, what do you do? You understand the sound. Isn't it? With the ear. The sound is heard. So the object of hearing is the sound. The object of using the skin is the touch. By touching you understand. The taste with the palate. The smell with the nose. The color with the eyes. These are sense objects identifiable with the knowledge organs, the organ of knowledge. Alright? Motion, walking, speech, tongue, excretion, sexual activity, drawing, painting, whatever, you know. All this evacuation, all these are connected to the organs of action. Now these are effects of the organs of action. Means what when you use happens. If you use the eye, you have a vision. You can see certain things. With your ear, you can hear certain things. So the sound can be heard. Did I not just now explain to you, if you do not understand, if you are a blind person, you will not know the color of that object, of how the object is, where the ditch is, you won't understand that. Likewise, if you don't have a hearing, then you will not be able to hear anything. If you are a deaf person, you can't hear anything. So these are basically called the effect of the organs, these sense organs that are there, they are giving this effect. At the end of the line is the mind, it is going to concoct. It doesn't tell you the truth. Do you know mind is always giving you stories? Constantly. You know how the stories come about? It's a very interesting phenomenon. Alright? Now, let us say you see a rose. Okay, in front of you. A person is holding a rose. Okay. With your eyes you see the person holding a rose. Immediately the thought comes to your mind. Oh, he must be waiting for his girlfriend. Did the mind jump to conclusion? Yes. 
Did you see? It jumped to conclusion. But then the person walks ahead, goes to a grave and puts that flower in front of his mother's or father's grave. And then the mind says, Oh my God, I just mistook it for something else completely. So did you see how the whole mind reacts in a different manner? The mind is always jumping to conclusions. Think about it. I am talking about something. Somebody else is hearing me. What a game they have played. This person overhears me. What a game they have played. The moment they overhear me or think they heard that, that person, his mind starts reacting. Oh, they are doing something nasty. They are playing a game. Whereas I am watching the television over there and I am seeing a football match going on. And when I am watching the football match, I am just saying what a game they are playing. Whereas the person who is not even seeing the game, that football game, but thinks that I am speaking about them. So the same words can be twisted by the mind by jumping to conclusions. Got the answer? This is the way in which mind is a dicey creature. Don't ever trust your mind. Mind is good for jumping to conclusions when they are proper. But it has to be given different, different parameters. You have to give the reference points for everything. Then only make a conclusion. Otherwise, don't. Mm -hmm. It should not be done like that. Just imagine, one day there is a news in the paper, in the, in the news column. It says, this person stood first in the government examination. And then you say, this guy must be so intelligent. He got 100 or 100 marks. So intelligent. He must have really worked very hard. The next day it comes in the news that he did not even sit for the examination. Somebody else did a proxy for him. Somebody else went and sat. You jump to conclusions, isn't it? <laughs> Just by looking at the news. And the next day you came to know that somebody else did a proxy for him. And then you will call the same intelligent person as a complete dodo, a duffer. Why? Because he didn't sit for examination. Somebody else sat. And this is what happened just one or two months ago. And what did your mind do? It jumped to conclusions. Now in American press, Indian press, Chinese press, Australian press and every other press in this world, are they not talking about fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news? Why are they saying the fake news? Because by seeing that thing, you can jump to wrong conclusions. Australia is having a very big fight with China for this purpose. One day, 
someone from China posted in the news a man had chopped the head of a child or something like that. A soldier, an Australian soldier. But Australia said nobody has done like that. So then they said it is fake news. We are not doing something like this. Now there is a complete division between two countries now. And on the side of Australia is England and America and other countries which are saying we side with you Australia. And just because of this one silly fake news, one silly fake news, Australia and China have become enemies. The largest trading partner of Australia is China. And now today, Australia and China are at loggerheads with each other. There are hundreds of ships standing outside in the waters in the China Sea waiting to unload. China is not taking those things. The coal and whatever iron ore or something like that, they are not taking it. They are saying we don't care. You can take it back if you want to. Think about it. Fake news. Who has created these differences? Mind. Just because you see an object, you can jump to conclusions. And you don't know. Your mind is overacting. Because you hear half words, your mind is overacting. You can't smell properly, so your mind is overacting. It's a reaction. And this is where the important part called the effect of the organs of action comes into play effect of the organs of action. Extremely important word for all of you. Never make judgment on anyone or anything. The primary rule of spirituality is don't judge another person. You do not understand anything. Fights happen between two people because of miscommunication. One person is saying something, the other person may not hear that. Do you know, miscommunication happens in my satsang all the time. Do you know how that happens? Your mind is used to only taking a portion of the speech. I am giving an elaborate satsang. A very big satsang for one hour. Your mind picks up only bits and pieces of it because you are not listening. You are doing something completely different. And when you are doing something completely different, your mind is not in it. You are hearing something, you are seeing something and yet your mind is in something else. You may be thinking, oh, I what I have to cook, what I have to do this, I should cut this, I should do that, I have to go here today, I have to go to the bank. You are thinking of hundred other things. Your mind is in different place and your senses are in different place. So truthfully if you go and see for yourself, why does the lesson not enter you? All this lesson I am giving just now, am I not giving an important lesson to you all? It's an extremely important lesson. Every day I am giving you all the secrets of spirituality. 
how to become perfectly spiritual and yet none of you can even attempt to become because you do not listen listening is an important art don't jump to conclusions because jumping to conclusion is done by the mind a very simple example is there in front of jesus christ people accused him did they the jews accused jesus christ did they not yes was he hearing it yes were the romans hearing it yes they accused him of doing something is that the truth we cannot say now we come to the next part the romans decided that he should be put on the cross along with the two other robbers because according to them that is a heinous crime which is committed so let us put him on the cross did jesus try to justify anything he never justified a single thing in this world he never said no no i was doing this because of this because of this because of this he never said ifs buts and because and all that did he say because 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 no he never said anything he did not even say any word except he said these words to the father in heaven father forgive them for they know not what they are doing the spiritual people do not make conclusions they do not judge anybody only god is the judge you should never judge anybody because who is right and who is wrong is not in your hands your yardstick is different than god's yardstick please understand this so now if you think about all these things what is the thing that makes the difference in this world a satsang was happening here few days ago two days ago where in the sai satcharitra it was written that krishna killed kamsa ha huh? ram shri ram killed ravana shri krishna killed putana right shri ram killed couple of more people all those people like ravana or kamsa they all joined the lord and they went with him to their heavens you will wonder what is this ravana is the biggest enemy of shri ram how can he go to heaven in the same way kamsa how did he go to heaven how did putana go to heaven they merged in the lord what happened they merged in the lord so this lesson was being given at that time you made the judgment that ram is a good man ravan is a bad man krishna is a good person putana and kamsa are bad people you made judgments the lord doesn't make judgments 
Do you know why he doesn't make judgments? He is the one, God is the one who has programmed these people to perform those actions. Putana's actions were programmed to be performed by the Lord. Their body just did that action. She poisoned her breast so that she can kill Krishna. Kamsa did the action because he was programmed for that action by the Lord. Only spiritually perfect people will understand these things. So Kamsa did what he was programmed to do. That was his Swadharma. Putana Swadharma was that. Ravana Swadharma was exactly what he did with Sri Ram and his wife, Sita. So when they kill that person, that person merges in the Lord and goes to heaven. So now ask this question to yourself. Who are you to judge another person? If you are an ordinary mortal, a human being, are you qualified to judge anybody just because they are doing something? To, tomorrow, everybody says, Ravana did something wrong, Kamsa did something wrong, this one did something wrong. Then why is it that Jesus said these words? Forgive them, Lord, for they do not know what they are doing. They were programmed to do that. They do not understand it. It is happening because of their nature. Remember the words which I, yesterday's entire satsang was based on this. It is as per the nature of that person, as per the karma. Suppose you have your brother who is fighting with you for a, for a property. Do you think he is fighting? Or he is programmed to fight with you? You are just artificial intelligence, sir. In God's world, you are just an idiot. An artificial intelligence who is programmed to do certain things. What control do you have over anything in this world? Tell me. Can you control how you are going to feel in the next 10 minutes? No. Can you tell me what tomorrow you are going to do? No. So then what makes you think that you are something? That I, me, myself, egoism. Why is that there in you? Whereas you are such a puny human being, you are just like a, a you know, programmed robot. You are just performing those actions. So if your father and mother say certain things, they are programmed to say because of your karma. And you are going to react to them in a certain manner because of your vritti. You are vritti. Yesterday we did this very beautiful one where he says, the tendency is identical with the cosmic prana. Do you remember the third word that we did at the beginning of the satsang? Purusha Prakriti Mahatattva. Why is that happening? Is because of this particular cosmic prana. Spirituality is not a simple subject to understand. Please know this. It's a very difficult subject. If you, if you do not 
if you start jumping to conclusions it's your mind talking who is who are you to make conclusions who are you to call people names this person did this to me no the divinity within shri ram shri krishna jesus or buddha or whoever that is there all these great people are divine lords themselves they understand that everything is programmed accordingly and they go in that program knowingly those who joined my other satsang in the das das bodh did i not tell you that ramayan was written before ramayan happened isn't it very strange the whole story of ramayan was written beforehand and the main character who wrote the book was acting in the same film called ramayan valmiki how does that happen isn't it a programmed thing then then wasn't Ra- rama and ravana acting accordingly according to the script called ramayan it this doesn't ramayan tell you what is happening to you is also ramayan it's only when you become divine it's only when you become spiritual will you understand the truth of these words till that point nothing is going to go in that mind of yours your mind is stupid it jumps to wrong conclusions with the ego intact it says it will keep on talking never jump to conclusions never ever make judgments on another person because you do not know what they are doing they are programmed by their karma and their actions are dominated by their vrittis they are programmed you are programmed but the choice is there how you want to go ahead with the program think what i am saying there is a robot okay an artificial intelligence okay ai now that ai has been given a gun and is told to shoot some objects and you keep on pushing that object you know that person with the gun keep on pushing it finally will that ai not turn towards you and shoot you down did you get what i am trying to say it's a very simple thing the judgment is in that person's hand artificial intelligence can turn against you also just like you are the ai who is turning against nature and god when you do anything contrary to what you are programmed to do when you do something which are contrary to program to do that is called karma a new karma happening over there these are secrets of spirituality i don't know how many will actually understand this you are programmed for certain activity to be performed in a certain manner just like artificial intelligence hmm? 
but you do contrary to that. Anything done contrary to that by making different judgments because of your mind, you are incurring future karma. It is called Agami karma. Kriyaman. So you better be careful. But if you follow the track, the track which you are told to follow, where you are going to go through those different, different circumstances, just like your AI, artificial intelligence, just like that. And you do not do anything against the program. Then you have served your Swadharma. Whatever you are programmed to do, you have performed it exactly the way you are supposed to perform. And when you do that, you will be rewarded with something. No rebirths. No rebirth. But if you do something contrary to what you are programmed, then you are going to be born again and again and again and again and again. Do you know what it means? I will tell you. Suppose there is a robo. That robo is programmed to kill some people. Instead of killing that, he is turning against somebody. You destroy the robo. Then you make another one of the same. Don't you make that? You make another one. Version 1, version 2, version 3, version 4, version 5, 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, 5.0. How many of them? So now do you understand why rebirths are there in your life? 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. Now you did get the point. You are not a perfect robot. And in the end, when everything is coming to an end, you are the most unperfect robot that you have been made, artificial intelligence. And you have never performed your duties. Then final dissolution, you will be destroyed just like that. We will close the program. Close the program. <laughs> I know this, this lesson is a very deeper lesson. How many of you understand? I have no clue. But I hope you understand. This lesson is important. Do not make judgments on anyone just because you are hearing something, seeing something. You are not supposed to. If you do judgments on anybody, it is your karma. You are robo 1.0, then 2.0, then 3.0 and you are going to meet the same people over and over again. Why would you want that to happen to you? So we have come to the end of verse 16 from chapter 17. The next, the coming week, we will be doing verse 17 from chapter 17 onwards. I hope you learned something really very deeper today. Don't ever make judgments on anyone. Take care. Have a great week ahead. And I will see you all the coming week.